This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. This is the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 55. Hey friends, welcome back to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for returning. Hello. Hello to my new listeners. Welcome. You picked a doozy of a show to listen to for your first time. My guest today is Joe Langford and he is a sex educator, therapist, all around amazing guy. And uh, we're going to talk about porn. I know. Oh my gosh. We're talking about porn. We're talking about social media etiquette. We're talking about sexting. So if you got kids in the car and this is <laughs> coming out loud and proud of your speakers, you might want to pick a time when you can wear your earbuds and listen to this without little ears listening in. Um, you know, this this is the re- reality of the world that we live in. Our culture is super sexualized and you know, when I know that, and we talk about this in the show, but when we think about porn, you think about like those really lovely low budget videos, but you know, consider some of the advertising that are in magazines or on commercials or in catalogs and sex is everywhere. It's in front of our kids all the time. And for some of us, it's really disconcerting when our kids want to talk about it, talk about what they're looking at or what they want to be looking at or have questions and are curious. And, you know, this tends to be really uncomfortable for the grown-ups. So Joe was coming on to have a really wonderfully candid conversation with me about how to navigate all that, how to stay in relationship, how to set ground rules and guidelines so that our kids can have an easier go of it. We cannot have our heads in the sand, people. We cannot pretend to think that somehow we can keep our kids from seeing, you know, body parts, naked images. We, you know, this is not the world we live in. It's easier now for kids to see porn than it has ever been. So how about we have some conversations about it? I'm super, super, super glad to get to talk to Joe. Um, and I know that you'll find value in this conversation as well. So without further ado, let's meet Joe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Hey, Casey. Thanks for having me. 
I'm so glad that you're here and excited for our conversation. Will you please let the listeners know who you are, who your family is, and how you have found yourself doing what you do? Sure. I um I my name is Joe Langford. I'm a therapist and a sex educator here in the Pacific Northwest area. I'm the dad of two kids, a boy and a girl, a middle schooler and an almost middle schooler. And I have been working with other people's teenagers um, for the last 20 years, basically, since I was one. Um, I went to a pretty uh, progressive at the time high school that had a handful of master's level therapists that they had come in and train some of us uh, teenagers so that if a kid at school didn't want to talk to a grown up, they could come and talk to us. And we had direct supervision from these kind of grown up therapists. Um, made me think I could change the world and make it better. And I, I kind of have been doing that ever since then. I've worked in group homes, um, hospitals, um, case management, foster care. I've had a private practice for about 18 years. And for about six of that, I've been doing kind of more public speaking, going out to schools and agencies like Planned Parenthood, uh, YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, and kind of helping do trainings for staff and stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the trainings that you do. Uh, mostly it's, you know, kind of talking to the staff or school people about how to handle uh, sexuality phenomenon with kids. So my specialty. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, my wheelhouse is basically that, that section where um, adolescence and sexuality and technology sort of mash together, um, which is happening more and more these days. So I deal with a lot of... Um, sexting, cyberbullying, pornography, social media, those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think that with our kids spending more and more time on their devices, I think that that training for the grownups is so important. I was talking to somebody recently just about how, um, what was I talking to them about? Oh, well, our mutual friend, Amy Lang, Uh, recently when she was on the show mentioned, you know, it's harder for our kids to stay away from pornography or to not find it than it is from when we were kids to be able to find it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some things that are showing up with families that you're working with around this topic? Actually, that's the bulk of the calls that I'm getting from families. Um, You know, my typical uh, client right now is a family calls me and they've got a kid between you know, 10 and 16, and they are looking a lot of porn. They find out, the parents talk about it, they make rules, whatever, and the kid keeps going back. Mm -hmm. So having a hard time unplugging, like you said, Mm -hmm. from that, specifically about the porn or the sexting. Yeah. Well, so what's happening there? Um, It is like the place that the monkey boys uh, took Pinocchio, (laughs) or the donkey boys took (laughs) Pinocchio. Um, It's it's just kind of madness. Um, Yeah you know, kids are kind of doing it in reverse now in a weird way, rather than getting to know each other and being shy and being awkward and asking each other out. And then maybe eventually seeing each other without their clothes on. They're starting at the end point and working their way back to like actual intimacy and going on dates. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> okay. Listeners <clears throat> hold on. Okay. Hold on. Cause we're entering into the dark zone here. So, <laughs> you know, when I have, I've got a son and a daughter and, um, there's definitely, I had one conversation with, uh, my son a while back and he said, you know, mom, sometimes when I'm online, 
there's little things that'll pop up that say click here to see naked girls you know and then immediately i'm like darn it i have failed the parent protective software installation need oh. but you know and he says and i and i kind of want to click on it you know and and so we get to talk about that and 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 talk about how one thing that se might seem innocent or even just being on like he loves to watch dude perfect on youtube or yeah. studio c he's got his little youtube shows but scrolling down the side of the screen are all these other shows and you know he's a curious kid just very typically curious kid and it's so easy for them to stumble upon things and what i always you know what i have told him is you know there's this thing and it's called pornography and it's pictures and videos of grown-ups having sex but it's not even normal sex it's it's this whole you know it's kind of this elaborate weird fantasy sex and i said and your brain is not equipped to handle it and i said and one time you and if you see it you can't ever unsee it which is you know something for him uh, that spoke to him time yeah yeah because he's yeah. like even if it's something scary he's like i can't stop thinking about it i said so if you're going into that direction you know it'll be something that'll be really hard for you to stop thinking about how do you coach parents around having conversations with kids well i was really struck by your self-talk like you just said oh i failed right no you yeah, didn't right. fail <laughs> like you know seven years ago you know that was kind of the conversation you know it was still sort of like how do i set up controls how do i protect my kid from being exposed to this stuff but it's not that it hasn't been that conversation for a while really it's how do you handle it when it happens that's what the conversation is now mm -hmm. nobody escapes it anymore there's there's no kid that makes it through middle school without being exposed to porn in some form it just mm -hmm. doesn't happen anymore statistically well so, i mean even ads on i mean there's you know if we're going to define what porn is i mean there's like advertisements in magazines advertisements on tv that are so sexualized oh yeah i mean they're not like the you know the super quality videos that you can find online but there's well, everything story is <laughs> last summer i was i, I went to a 7-eleven right i was at a 7-eleven and they still have those stupid little plastic dividers on the magazines behind the counter. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, is this still a thing? Like all the 12 year olds are sitting out in the parking lot with their Slurpees and their phones looking at porn. Like mm -hmm. they don't, nobody, I haven't, it's been years and years since I had a kid who even bothered to deal with still images. Like that doesn't, that's not a thing. There's Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs that are more scandalous than whatever totally. you can find between behind those dividers. Right. Right. Seven. Um, so it's really, it's just about how do you handle it when it happens is what I talk to parents about. And what you're doing is exactly what it is. You just have an open conversation and your kid can say, hey, there's this stuff, it's called porn and I'm kind of interested in it. Mm -hmm. That is more than half the battle, right? Because that what happens is the kids who, who kind of combine it with secrecy and shame, yeah. that's where some of the real problems come out with it. If they are just talking about it and being curious, which is totally their job, right? That's right. in their job description. And you and you say exactly what you said. When I talk to kids about it, I say that isn't sex, right? Mm -hmm. What you're looking at, what you're watching, like that is sexual, but it is not what sex looks like in real life. Yeah, people don't look like that. They don't say those things to each other. They don't do a lot of that stuff for the most part, or at least in that order. Um, <laughs> boys have a really hard time with that sometimes. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, they don't think. 
you know, I say, oh, you play Grand Theft Auto. Do you think you know how to drive a car? And they say, no, of course not. That's stupid. But they don't understand that there's that, that fictional leap as well mm-hmm. um, with porn. They think they know how to like do the sex because mm-hmm. I'm watching porn since I was nine, oh. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I know that something that has been a godsend for me with um, the stuff that's shown up in our house as far as keeping the kids talking and making sure they come to me and ask questions is practicing my neutral face, you (laughs) know, and like really managing my own stuff that shows up when they say, hey, I saw this or hey, I heard this or hey, I have a question. And I have to, I have to remember the, you know, the long term is I want them to know that I can handle no matter what the things that they need to say to me, the things that they need to ask me. And so if I'm not in my calm, centered, zen place when he says things like, I kind of want to look at pictures of naked girls, then, you know, then I know that he, he's registering this with, oh, wow, either, either he's thinking like, I must be bad for feeling like this or I can't tell mom cause she'll freak out. Yeah. Well, you know, that is super hard. Like I have seen some stuff. I'm, I'll just tell you, right. Yeah, I'm sure. I have seen some stuff and I still have those moments like with my own kids where I'm just like, okay, yeah. no, this would be happening quite yet. Haven't really stretched for that exercise, but let's, <laughs> let's go. And trying to keep that poker face is so hard, yeah. but same thing. You lose it. You know, you just go, Oh my God, really? And then you back it up and say, okay, thrown for a loop there. I'm back. Let's, let's, let's have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that conversation, and you had mentioned that you have families where they come to you and this is happening and this, yeah. and it's, you know, like you said, they've had the conversations, you've made the, the agreements and yet that, you know, that child continues to return to this, <laughs> the world of Neverland or whatever that crazy island was called that. Pinocchio got lured to. Um, How are you, like, what is happening? I guess I'm going to back up. And what happens in the brain when kids are exposed to to porn? Do you know? Well, it definitely kicks off the pleasure centers Mm -hmm. in the brain, right? So it's sort of like this big hit of it's dopamine right Right. Uh, it's kind of big hit of dopamine um it's intriguing and it's new and it's interesting and it's kind of naughty and they sort of know that and it's you know it's stuff that they've heard about and they're actually getting to see it in real life and then they get to tell their friends about it tomorrow like all that stuff gets kind of fired up with it and then if they keep doing it then they can the brain can get a little desensitized to it okay so they want the next thing like what's the next level or the next plateau you can get to that sort of thing um, some people, you know, sort of believe in technology addiction. I'm not a therapist that definitely believes in that. Um, but some of the, some of the activities, especially in the brain can mimic some of that stuff, including withdrawal in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So talking to the kids about building boundaries really is, is kind of the biggest conversation when I'm dealing with kids who are doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. So one is the reality testing and just saying, this isn't real. Right. And two is to be encouraging them to go and, and and be finding relationships and being social and being active with teams and groups in real life as well. So they're not falling into the, you know, all my self-esteem, all of my social needs are being met through a screen. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Um, and then being able to work with them about just creating boundaries, right? How to unplug. Right, uh, right. Almost as often as the porn conversation, I get kids coming in uh, with the sexting is really hard for them too, especially 
um, you know, I've had a handful of boys in the last year where it's girls sending them pictures and they, they're just like, I don't know how to tell them to stop. They just keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and I can't not look at them. And what do I do? And how do I, you know, make this thing stop? Right. It's almost feels like a, like an ocean wave that just sort of keeps coming and their basement is flooding. They can't stop it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really hard too. And so some of it's about, you know, finding time at a certain time at night you unplug, where does the phone live? It lives downstairs, not in your bedroom. Um, you know, just kind of creating some sort of rules and guidelines for themselves. Yeah. And I'm guessing for the parents that are listening, well, I'm guessing they're all parents listening, you know, not waiting until you need to set guidelines, but right. setting them straight off the bat. I, I yeah. was, uh, you know, I was foolish enough to think that we had a conversation around, um, phones in the bedroom and uh one of my kids <laughs> was like mom I just use it as an alarm and I believe that when she when we had this discussion that was the truth but sure enough after some time she was I busted her texting not you know she was texting a girlfriend like it wasn't a big deal but still it was well into the night and it had been happening for a couple nights I think I nipped it pretty early on but it just reminded me, like, just because it was uncomfortable for me to, you know, because she'd say things like, you don't, tr how can you not trust me? Like, you have to trust me. And so finally, <laughs> we got to this point of like, well, you know what? It's not about trusting you. It's about not, you at 13 do not need the added pressure of policing yourself around your device when you right. should be sleeping. Like, you just don't need, that. Does that's not a skill that you need to develop right now. That happened with my son last night. We were watching yeah. a movie and, and he had a friend who was just, you know, texting to make the plan for today. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it, it binged and it binged again and it, binged, it was like four times kind of in the span of about 15 minutes. And every time it, it dinged, he picked up his device to look at it. And, and I said, it's a convenience. If it's not convenient, you don't have to respond every time that thing makes a noise, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to give them permission to to do that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that is really hard to remember is for so many kids now, their first experiences and the first several years of dealing with screens and technology, it's fun mm -hmm. and entertainment and game and distraction and free time and, you know, all that stuff. And then at some point, which I think is probably around 10 or 11, we have to shift gears and remind them like, okay, it's been fun and games until now, but these things are actually tools that you use to make your life easier or more organized or, you know, helpful. And, and you kind of have to help them shift gears like that um, in a weird way. And so many parents, I think it doesn't occur to them to have that specific conversation with them. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Um, so going back to porn. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with these, with, um, if anybody's listening, who's thinking like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful because I am in that situation where I'm trying to help my child uh, monitor themselves and, and um, you know, and recognize that it is a problem and how to help them and support them when it has become kind of this desensitized habitual thing. What, you know, what are some other ways that you coach parents around that? So I heard you say, um, you know, helping them to create boundaries and do you are you a big supporter of the um, the software that what is it called? I can't even think of what it would be called. The software, you know, the stuff, the parent protection. Yeah, 
Um, I am. And more, um, I, I tend to be more of a fan of monitoring software rather than blocking software. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, in my experience, it's, it's, it's easy to not look at the porn if you can't look at the porn. But then once those kids go to their friend's house for the weekend or they leave home and go to college or whatever, and they don't have controls, then they go bananas. Right. Right. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. So I know a lot of you out there listening have younger kids as well as teenagers in the house, and I'm excited to share with you about a new show that you and your younger kids are going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared towards kids ages six and up and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for a car ride, mealtime, break times, or bedtime. Each is stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Whereas the monitoring software, the kids can go look at this stuff if they want to go look at this stuff, but then they know that somebody's watching and they're going to have to have an awkward conversation tomorrow night with mom or dad, right? And that builds muscles of restraint and self-control, right? Which is mm-hmm. what we want. For you know, sure. I, I was talking to a group of parents and, and I said, you know, do, you, do we want to raise good kids or do we want to raise good grown-ups? Those are different things. And I think when most of us take a step back and kind of take our deep breath, we're trying to raise good grownups. That's why we do all of this hard stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. What is What monitoring software do you recommend? 
So personally, I'm, I do a couple of things. So one is called Custodio with a Q, Q-U-S-T-I-D-I-O, something like that, Custodio. Okay. <laughs> um, and they do a good job because uh, it just goes over your uh, Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and you can control it from there. You can basically take off your web browser of your kid's device and put Custodio on instead. And then they go through Custodio to get to the Internet. And you get a report every day that says these are all the places they went. This is how much time they spent shopping, social networking, um, whatever, surfing the web. Um, and you can put lots of controls, time limits on it, all that kind of stuff in, in a really pretty easy to do way. And the other thing that I'm using, which I am really, really enjoying uh, more, I think, even than Custodio is um, Disney's Circle, it's called uh, Circle by Disney. Okay. And that is a super easy to use. You just like take out the box and plug it in and it, it hooks up to your Wi-Fi, and then you put all the devices that are using your Wi-Fi into a category. So they can be grown up, teenager, younger kid. Um, you can tie it to specific people. You know, that's my wife's Kindle, mm-hmm. son's iPad, like that kind of thing. And then um, and you can put time limits on it, uh, e- even for specific things. So you can have an hour a day and 15 minutes of that can be Instagram, like those kinds of things. It's oh great. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. dreamy. And they just have an upgrade where you can do it over uh, 3G as well, where it's not um, – that's it, not just why when they're using it somewhere else if they're not using wi-fi mm-hmm. and have a time limit on there as well and the thing i like about it is when someone else comes in or uses your wi-fi you get an alert that says hey there's another device on your wi-fi mm-hmm. you say, oh my kid's friend just came in the house okay bam and you put it into a category you can lock it down even so that they can't do anything that you aren't comfortable with while they're under your supervision kind of thing. Oh, great. Yeah. Is there are you now, you know, kids are super tech savvy and as much as I like to think that my kids aren't sneaky, I would be an idiot to say that out loud. Um even though I just did. But what are the are there you know, are there go arounds for some of this? Cuz what I'm hearing you so like like the, the Castidio, so is that like in place of a Safari app or a Chrome yes. app? Exactly. Okay. So you know, so I'm wondering, like, I'm thinking about my kids and like, or any kid. And I know that one of the conversations I had with um, another guest, Emily Roberts, she talked about apps that are actually that pose as one thing, but really are yep. ways for kids to get into mischief. Um, it's, are the are, are these pretty well made as far as you know, keeping them from finding the loopholes or? They can, depending on how your parental controls are set Mm -hmm. on there. I mean, they could go and delete it off of your, off their device. Though I think you would get an alert if they did that. Oh, good. But theoretically, they could do that. Okay. Um, We um, can only do the best we can do, right? Yeah, you can only do the best you can do. Really, honestly, the, the best strategy is to put a lot of the onus of the responsibility on the kids, right? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. And if you've been to my website, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of contracting with kids around behavior. I think kids need boundaries. I think they want to know what the rules are. They want to know what the speed limit is when they drive, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? So putting some of the responsibility on them, like you said earlier, you know, your daughter says, oh, you don't trust me. That's not what this is about. You know what I mean? When that, I get a lot of parent calls about that too, right? 
my kid played the trust card, right? What do I do? I hate that one. You, you flip it back. You say, this is not about me trusting you. This is about you showing me that you're trustworthy, right? Ooh. Those are different things. And it puts the responsibility back on them. Yeah. So coming up with contracts for families, and if I can pitch myself a little bit. Pitch it. Um, on my website, which is beheroes.net, um, there's a resource page. And on that resource page, there's a whole armada of like these really detailed do's and don'ts, yeses and no's for different things. And one of them is about porn. Mm -hmm. One's about social networking. There's one about sexting, um, all kinds of things on there, drugs and alcohol. Um, so kind of using those as templates, they're free PDFs that people can just download. And then you can kind of cut and paste and make your own, you know, contract for your own family. But one of the big things that's in that contract that I suggest families have is saying, you know, this is your responsibility. It's your tool and these are your rules. And if you're spending more time sneaking around and trying to get around the rules than just following the damn rules, <laughs> then we're going to have to back the truck up and have a different conversation. Yeah. So you find those apps and they're out there, you know what I mean, that look yeah. like calculators, but really they hide your naked pictures that you share with your friends. When you find those things on your kid's phone, then that's a whole set of conversations you have to have with them. And maybe, you know, they're not old enough to have the smartphone right now or mm -hmm. I'll try again on your next birthday, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's so key too, I think. And it doesn't have to come out as a threat. No. Um, we you know, them. Like they want to be treated like grownups. They want the responsibility. They want to, to drive. They want to have a smartphone. They want to have a bank account. They want those things. So you have to say, okay, great. And that means that that my expectation of you is that you'll be acting Mm -hmm. like a responsible person mm -hmm. if you're going to be driving or having a bank account, right. you know, a debit card or a smartphone, like that's, there's responsibility in that. Yeah. And I recently, um, I wrote a blog post about a little Snapchat incident. Well, it wasn't really an incident other than she wasn't allowed to have Snapchat and it <laughs> turned out that she did. And, you know, and I had a great conversation with my daughter about that. And in the end I said, you know, Daddy and I are really open. I feel like we offer lots of opportunities for you to explore the world. I said, and when things show up and you decide to be a little bit sneaky or a lot sneaky and we find out, you're just going to notice that the world is going to get a little bit more rigid. Right. You know, and it wasn't delivered like you're going to be in big trouble. It was really just like that's the consequence, you know, and sometimes you might get sneaky and you won't get caught, you know, and that's. You know, that is what it is. But just know, you know, the more often you choose to really push the rules, the more likely it is that, you know, we'll find out. And then you're going to have to deal with the aftermath of that. And, you know, and sure, and it wasn't long where we got to, but the world became a little bit more rigid for her. And in the moment, it was a, a big outburst and, oh. I'm, I'm supposed to break the rules. Yes. Yeah, you're 13. It's totally <laughs> developmentally appropriate that you're breaking the rules. And remember I said that the world gets a little bit more rigid? This is what it feels like. Like you're in it right now. And that's okay. And we love like, you. And, yeah. and it's all good. You know, this is totally appropriate for you right now to be dealing with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point it just becomes factual. It's not about threats. You're just saying no. you – you knew what the rule was. You snuck around. You got Snapchat anyway. Mm -hmm. Does that seem like the behavior of somebody who's mature enough to be on Snapchat? Right. Or do you look like a little kid or a kitty cat in a box trying to cover something up? Like, right. You know, that you're, this is just your actions and your behavior that we're talking about.
And I love your, I love these PDFs. They are, I was saying before we hit record, you know, and I, there's just, they're such great talking points. I think a lot of times parents aren't really clear on how to have the conversations that they want to have, especially around stuff like porn. God, who wants to talk about that? But you've written it all out in a way that it's a great starting place to just put it on the table and say, I want to read through this with you and I want I want to know what you think. And, you know, I'm a big I love agreements and contracts. And when we make agreements at our house, it's typically something that we've created together versus me saying, here are the rules, you follow them. So I love this as far as starting the conversation and then from here you know, let's put something together for you, you know, that works for both of us, that covers enough of all of this mm-hmm. after we've had the conversation that <laughs> it feels like we've come together to create something that works Absolutely. for our family. So I so appreciate all of this. Thank you. That is a really nice thing to say. But that's one of the one one of the things I had in mind when I designed them was just to kind of hit all the, the points, like all the bases that one might want to cover if their kids are getting their first smartphone, for example, that, that kind of thing. Um, and using those with kids, like, you know, going back to, you know, the families who come in and they, the kids having a hard time unplugging or can't stop looking at the porn, um, giving the kids the, the list there, the PDFs and mm-hmm. giving it to them and saying, all right, you go, you know, you got two days, you come up with what you think the rules should be for you to help you and we'll, and bounce them off of us and we'll see what we think about. And then kind of, again, putting it on them and letting them come up with, some of the the guidelines and rules because a lot of stuff that they haven't thought of either. Right. Right. Sure. Or it just, you know, if it's early on, you know, talking about this with an 11 year old or a 13 year old is it's going to be different than with a 16 or a 17 year old. Yeah, it is. And I appreciate that. And I love that at the very top of your PDF about smartphone use, it says, I understand that the smartphone is not my smartphone. Yes. Right. And I was reading somewhere that, now, when kids are getting into mischief around sexting and, and sharing, you know, naked or inappropriate images, the parents are being held responsible. They can be, for sure. Yeah. Keep that in mind, peeps. Keep that in mind. Um, and so you also have a PDF around responsible social networking. Right. And... Um, I will not speak negatively about my friends on my feed. That includes my exes, my parents, my teachers, my boss. I love that. (laughs) And I think it's so important, right? Especially as they see other people making perhaps different choices on how they use their social media. I think it's so key to be having these conversations, front-loading these conversations with our kids and then returning to them. Just because you've had the conversation one time doesn't mean that, okay, we're good, you know. Yeah, I mean, developmentally, kids change so quickly. We we know this, right? Mm-hmm. So even just in six months, their attitude about something or the number of words they've learned or the number of people they know who are on Snapchat and they're not, like those kinds of things change really fast. Mm-hmm. So trying to stay in front of that ball as much as you can is really important. But, you know, the internet is forever is a sentence I say more than most sentences in any given week. And, um, and so I really do believe that it's, you leave a trail when you're interacting on screens and it's really important to not, you know, look like a jackass or somebody who's rude and horrible. And, you know, especially now that it's an election year, right? Like Facebook's getting weird. Twitter's getting a little scary. Like, you know, people are saying horrible things about people and, 
even talking to my kids, you know, about, you know, the candidates and stuff like, all right, are you just going to, you know, make a joke and make fun of him because his hair looks stupid? Or are you going to talk about what he's actually talking about or believing in or espousing? You know what I mean? Like, right. talk about the real stuff, not the superficial stuff, which feels a lot like cyberbullying. You know, right. things that grownups do online that if kids were doing, it would fall into the category of cyberbullying. Right. You know, this morning there was a, there was a clickbait thing, like, you know, 14 child television stars who grew up looking horrible, right? Yeah. Like, that, if someone did that in a middle school, right, that would be totally a cyberbullying issue. Right. Why are grownups doing this, too? It's so hard to get kids to not do that when we're doing it ourselves, you know? Yeah, well, and that totally speaks to the, the opportunities for modeling that we have all day long. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All so, that don't text while you drive, no, mm -hmm. no tech at the dinner table, like all those kinds of things. You know, we want to be good role models. For sure. For sure. What are some of the um, social media challenges that parents come to you with? What are some of the things that are showing up? Well, Snapchat is, is one, right? Snapchat is kind of a problem. I'm not a big fan of it. And uh, so, okay, let's, can we talk about Snapchat for a minute? Sure. Sure, sure. I actually am on Snapchat trying to – well, first I thought maybe it's a whole other way to reach parents, although I'm like, oh, there aren't very many parents on Snapchat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I thought, well, this will give me a chance to, to learn to navigate it for the day that comes when it becomes an option for my kids. Right. Um, so – the main thing that sucks about Snapchat is, well, I know what I'm hearing from parents is the worst part about it is there's no way to monitor what's happening because it all disappears or seemingly disappears. Right. So there's a few things with Snapchat. One, um, it's it's more kind of in the deeper end of the pool, right? More kind of varsity level so social networking on there. It is super crazy pants popular right yeah it's beaten twitter out for like the number third spot for in terms of popularity with social media so it's really tempting it feels like the whole world is on snapchat but having a kid start out with snapchat is a huge mistake right mm, kids listen to, to that parents listen to that listen to that thank you i was telling a kid in my office earlier this year you know i said if you say had never been to a restaurant and you went to this particular restaurant called Snapchat and people were like spitting food and throwing plates across the room, dancing on the tables, then you might think that's how you behave in a restaurant. Mm. But it is not. So kids really, they need to start with the Facebook, start with the Instagram, maybe Twitter, you know, and kind of wade into the social networking pool and learn how to appropriately interact with people, even though, like I said, this is an election year, so it's getting weird. But yeah. Generally, most people are using their powers for good on those sites, right? Right. And when they're not, they stick out, right? right. Someone being a creep on Facebook, you can tell, right? Um, on Snapchat, you can't tell. There's so many people not following rules, not having appropriate behavior that it, it's very confusing. So that's something for later teens, like 14, 15, 16. It's okay. fun. Snapchat's working on their image, I think, since they've gotten this huge popularity boost in the last year. They're trying, I think, to mature up a little bit. <laughs> They're but, tired of being at the top of the list of apps that parents right. shouldn't let their kids on. <laughs> yeah, I think they're getting a sense like, oh, we could actually be an actual legitimate contender for right. social networking. So they're adding some news features and that kind of stuff and trying to be less 
horrible and creepy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that can work, right? I think there's potential there, even though I don't really like Snapchat. So that's one of the things. And the, and the other thing is that it is ephemeral communication is what I call it, like messages that can disappear after a period of time, yeah. right? I don't really get that. It is not my thing. I'm not a fan. You know, unless you're like a spy or having an affair or something, like I don't know why you would need that, right? I, I don't have a need for that kind of stuff in my day-to-day life. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics put it to the music that I picked, and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. So it, it really feels like a, like a mature take on mature behavior, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and kids, I think it's so tempting. Like then that gives them carte blanche to do whatever they want because why not? There's not going to be any consequence. Nobody will ever know. Right. right? And it feels like a trap to me for them. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and when, so my daughter turned 13 in January and, you know, for the last few years has been asking about social media and I have said, oh, nope, you got to be 13. Sorry. <laughs> and that's the rule. Look on the website. And even though she would say, whatever, mom, you know, and so, you know, as 13 approached, she had all these grand plans of being on all sorts of social media. And I said, oh, ho, ho, ho. That's not the situation. You know, we're going to we're going to crack the door open and practice and play and see how it goes. And as you mature and show responsibility, the door will, you know, will open a little bit more and a little bit more. But I think that was really important, too. And something that I remind parents of is just because you say, you know, yes. Then we started with Instagram because she didn't want to be on Facebook. (laughs) She's like, Mom, that's your thing. But, you know, Instagram, that's what her friends were on. And so, you know, it was like, okay, well, we're going to we're going to open the door a little bit and say yes to that and have, a, you know, check the privacy and um, I get to be your friend and I won't comment or like things, but I'm out there, which there is go. super right. annoying to her. That's exactly she, what I tell parents to do. Yeah. And she says, mom, you don't, you're just always watching 24 seven. I've said, you know what? Instagram is, it is not a private room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is it is public, like regardless of your profile being private, what you put on Instagram, you're putting out to the world. And so, yeah, I am going to check it out and I, I'm not going to read your your direct messages unless I feel like there's something calling for me to check it out. I said, but, you know, as far as your your wall or whatever they call it on Instagram. Yeah, that's fair game. And like I said, I won't I won't comment. I won't like um, I'll ask you before I tag you in my Instagram. Uh, but that's, you know, this is just the way it is. And I, I notice, you know, and I kind of poke around in, in her friends stuff too, because so many of them have public accounts and that's intriguing to me. And I get in there and I'm like, what's going on with this kid and what's happening here. And then the next thing I think is why isn't there, why doesn't their parent make them have private accounts? Like where are the parents? Where are the parents? Joe, tell me, where are they? Is it just a lack of, of knowing or or just not realizing the importance of being familiar with this stuff so that they can monitor or what's the deal? It's a bit of both. I think there's still parents out there that don't understand the amount of damage that somebody can do to themselves with social media. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a, a good chunk of parents that are still kind of intimidated by it, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to do Twitter. They don't know how this Twitter thing works and what it's all about or how does this Instagram thing happen? And to that, I kind of say, you know, do it with your kid when your kid is 13 and they've been wanting Instagram, then get on Instagram with them and learn how to do it together. Let your kid teach you how to do Instagram, right? Um, it's a, It can be a really cool bonding thing and normalize interacting with each other through that particular social media. You know, with kids, you know, especially like like you said, your daughter was just like, oh, let's just let's hit this one and download this app and download this app and let's just like, do it. Uh, no, <laughs> no, just doing it is the whole point of why I don't want you on things like Snapchat, right? right? Like come up with a plan. Like tell me what what are you trying to accomplish? What do you want to do with your social media? And then which of the apps is going to help you do that thing and kind of remind them of the utility of the social media, right? Yeah. Well, and I'm also interested in um, 
like what you said about the 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 boys that you've seen over the last couple of years who are being inundated with like boob pics. And knowing that I was having this um, call with you, I was looking over your PDFs this morning and and I just kind of hollered out to my son. I said, hey, Ian, don't ever send anyone a picture of your penis. And he was like, oh, my God, mom. <laughs> what did you learn that word? Why are you saying that? You know, I'm like, just just throwing it out there. But, you know, it's one thing to 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 have conversation and to really help them, you know, understand that it is not okay to be sending their own junk around the world but how how do we help them because you know they open a text and there it is yeah you know the the sexting thing is really hard you know statistically you know somewhere between 20 percent and a third of all teenagers have sent scandalous pictures of themselves Uh, the numbers double for just texting words right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it it is pretty prolific it is happening constantly right they just trade these pictures around like they used to with pokemon cards and you have to kind of talk them out of that and depending on what study you read sometimes the girls start that ball rolling first because they know that that's what the boys are going to respond to right Mm -hmm. our kids are just sort of marinating in this like totally pornified culture Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so with the guys, one of the things I coach them to do is just remind the girls, like, you know, when you respond, you could you can just say things as simple as like, you know, you don't have to do that stuff with me, or here's three things about you that I think are cool besides your boobs, you know. <laughs> How many points does a guy get for doing something like that? Right, right. Well, but, I would hope a lot. <clears throat> this message that girls are getting that like the most interesting about them is under their sweater or they're only going to get attention, even if it's just for five minutes is by sending a picture of the swimsuit areas to the boy they like in school, you know, and, and how vulnerable and risky that is in terms of trust issues and stuff like that. It's just a horrible message and the girls are just kind of putting up with it. Yeah. And then when the boys send them pictures and they, they just go, Oh, okay. There's a penis on my phone. That I didn't ask to see. And, you know, when I've had girls in my office, I say, you know, if he pulled his penis out in a parking garage, what would you do? And she'd say, I'd call the police. Like, why is it different? Because it's on your phone. And they go, yeah. I don't know. It just is. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Well, and I really, so I'm looking at that PDF for the sexting too. And I, I, I really like your way with words. So, like, I understand that sending and receiving naked pictures is not a badge of how cool Foxy or desirable I am. <laughs> I really appreciate the the use of the word foxy. It's a good word. Yeah, and I think that in and you know I and and I know you write about this too um as far as attention getting and remembering that you know our kids are going to get attention. They don't need to pull out all the stops and recognizing what, you know, what they want attention for. Exactly. You know, is so key and important. And oh God, I just feel like we're like on the cusp of like this hasn't shown up yet, thank God, in our world. And yet I would, you know, again, be a fool to think that this is not ever going to be something that one or both of my kids is going to have to navigate. Yeah. The, you know, there's some good stuff about it. I think kids um, have, you know, less 
hangups about sex mm-hmm. now. Uh, they seem to be more comfortable with their bodies. They're sharing them all kind of willy-nilly um, in, a, in a way that's kind of interesting and refreshing. But there's also the, that abyss that they can tumble into where maybe you should be a little more cautious and maybe you should be a little more, you know, discerning about who you share that with. Yeah. That, that kind of, of thing is, is an important conversation to be having. Sure. And the meaning they make around likes. Yes. That's what breaks my heart. Like, yes, I I mean, I think on the surface, it's this like, I'm really comfortable with myself. And yet checking every three minutes to see how many more likes you have on that picture doesn't necessarily align with that. I'm really comfortable with myself mentality, right? Right. Or I'm going to take that picture off my feed because it didn't get enough likes like that kind of stuff. Oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, darn. Okay. What do you think about Musical.ly? Do you know about Musical.ly? Um, I I do, but I haven't I haven't had a lot of issues with that. Like I haven't had a lot of people sort of emailing or coming to my office around Musical.ly. So those of you out there who have no idea what Musical.ly is, it's a social media app where the kids can um pick song. It's basically like a lip sync app and they can video themselves video themselves lip syncing to a popular song which all seem to be sped up into chipmunk voice in (laughs) our house but whatever and the thing that shows up for me around this is um that we've had conversations about is song choice because and you know and I laugh because I'm a girl of the 80s and I loved Guns N' Roses and I loved Motley Crue and Poison and hello every song was totally about sex right and I remember my stepmom going to some meeting and coming home and railing against Guns N' Roses and how can you listen to that? And do you know what that song's about? And just re- rolling my eyes like, yes, it's oh, not a big deal. With Madonna. Right. Oh, my gosh. I lip synced like a virgin when I was 10 <laughs> to a room full of adults, having no idea of what a virgin was. But so anyway, I try to keep that in mind as I, you know, am listening to pop music with my kids. But you know, some of the song choices that they have are pretty scandalous. And I try to make sure to say things like, well, I always say, do you know what this song's about? To which I often hear, you are ruining it for me, mom. <laughs> 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 um, but it's also like you're putting this out there. You know, people are going to make meaning and make judgments and, and, and assessments of you based on the songs that you choose. And so really think about the message, not the message that – that you're giving but the message that might be being perceived by others but I also think it's not even as I say that out loud I'm a little uncomfortable with it because then there's that whole other piece around um you know being yourself and 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 not worrying about what other people think so it's kind of this like crazy gray area and I guess the answer is just continue to be in conversation about it I think that's totally the point, right? And, and in in some ways, Musical.ly is a really great thing because it can spurn conversations like that, right? Yeah. Like, did you just hear the words that came out of your mouth? Like, do you know what that word means? Like, what is this song about? Um, is that something that you really believe? Like, you just said that chorus 10 times out loud. Like, how many wow. times do you think you need to say that before you start to believe it somewhere in the back of your head? Is that how you think of women or dating or sex? You know, and, and be able to use those as a teachable moment, I think you said earlier, teachable yeah. moments, right? Like, you know, commercials, 
sitcoms, um, you know, movie themes, uh, lines of songs. Those are all great things for spurning conversations. And then if they do think that, or at least you have a conversation and they say, no, I don't really believe that. And this is why, but I really love that song. The music is great. That's got a great beat, whatever. Then at least they're doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is way more valuable than just kind of autopiling into something. Yeah. Well, and then you're in there, right? Then you're in yeah. there. The song comes on again, and it, even if it's just, oh, God, remember that conversation I had with my mom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that, too. I mean, I love the sound of blurred lines. I mean, I love the beat. I love I love the music to the song Blurred Lines, and the message is awful. Yes. And I finally had to decide, like, I cannot listen to this song especially if my kids are around, like I won't. And I make a point of saying, oh, here's that song that I love, but it's so awful about what it says that I'm going to turn it off. And I think that's part of being a grown up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to songs whose lyrics were awful. I still kind of do sometimes. But as long as you know that it's awful, it's kind of okay. And, you know, at least to some limit, right? I still right. feel kind of guilty listening to Chris Brown songs. <laughs> I feel kind of guilty when I watch a Mel Gibson movie. Like, is this okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mel Gibson movies now I don't know but but then I'm thinking about it right right and I think having that sort of discerning mind is is part of growing up ah this is so great Joe thank you so much for the work that you do and for taking time to come and talk to me about it I'm gonna make sure that your website beheroes.net is the that the links in the show notes where can speaking of social media where else can we listeners find you and your work I am primarily on the Facebook, All right. um, Joe Langford, and the Twitter, uh, beheroes.net, okay. uh, D-O-E-N-E-T, kind of all spelled out. I'm on there uh, quite a bit, uh, Twitter more than Facebook, but I do that too. And um, and my website are kind of the big ones. Can I do another plug? Totally. Here, Because uh, this is kind of good timing. I've got my second book. Uh, my first book was Spare Me the Talk, which is... It's the only book in print, actually, that's just written for teenage boys beyond oh, great. puberty stuff, right? Right. Um, but by popular demand, I wrote a, a girl counterpart for that, for girls. So the first book for teenage girls written by a dude, and that's coming out in September. So. And what's that called? Spare Me the Talk, The Girl's oh. Guide to Sex Relationships and Growing Up. Great. And I will make sure that, let's see, on your resources page, do you have a link to the boy book? Uh, no, but is on the front page of the website. Though. Okay, perfect. I will make sure that there are links to that for the listeners. And I have one last question that I ask all my guests before sure. we say goodbye. What does, when you hear joyful courage, what does that mean to you? Um, it means uh, taking risks that make you feel good about yourself. Oh, short and sweet. I like it. Thanks, Joe. Sure. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. Thank you for having me. What a, what a great time. Wow. Okay, don't be scared. You are equipped. You know what to do. You know the conversations that you need to be having with your kids. Okay, don't wait until something crazy happens or you're in crisis. Start talking to your kids about their bodies, about sexual development, and about this stuff before you get to the point where you're doing you know, you're trying to retrofit or or uh, go back in time or fix mistakes because this is a part of their life. 
All right. This is out there. It's out there. It's out there. So I hope that you enjoyed that podcast. I certainly did. It was so fun getting to know Joe and having that conversation. And if you're thinking, holy cow, I do need to be talking about this with my kids and it makes you feel all uptight and anxious and and rigid, I have a gift for you and it's called Joyful Courage 10. I've been talking about it for weeks now, but August 24th we start. And this is a great program for a variety of reasons, but especially if you know you're thinking, how am I supposed to stay neutral when my kids come to me talking about sexting or uncomfortable things? Well, this is this is going to help you with that because the purpose of the Joyful Courage 10 is to first help parents define who they want to be as a parent. How do you want to show up when your kids say, hey, I kind of want to look at naked pictures? Or, hey, I was on the computer and I saw this video and it made me really uncomfortable. How do you want to respond? Do you want to respond from a place that is centered and calm where your logical brain is still intact and you can have forwarding conversations? Or do you want to react and get all freaked out and, you know, and yell and scream and, 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 or, or regress or retreat, right? Withdraw. You don't, that's not going to be helpful to your kids. So you want to, Be intentional about how you show up when it's uncomfortable, right? And so the Joyful Courage 10 is going to help you with that. It's also going to um, be supportive of as far as practicing goes because just because we know that we want to show up calm, centered, available, connected, loving doesn't mean that that's right at the tip of our fingers when we need it. It requires us to practice. And the Joyful Courage 10 is as close as I can get to being in your head for 10 days and helping you with your practice of showing up intentionally and connected to your kids. If that sounds good to you, I want you to head over to the website, www.joyfulcourage.com slash JC10. www.joyfulcourage.com slash JC10. There's a place to register and you can do it. And for my friends that are listening in the States, you are going to be um, privileged enough to also be in on the text message support. I'm so excited to be using text messaging software because, you know, we don't always check Facebook. We don't always check email. But man, we get a text. We're going to check that. Except for my neighbor, Marcy, who never checks her texts and it makes me crazy. (laughs) Shout out to Marcy. Love you, girl. So um, yeah, check it out. Sign up. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback around the show, feel free to email me, casey at joyfulcourage.com. Casey at joyfulcourage.com will get you straight into my email box. I respond to every single email that I get. Also, if you aren't already a part of the tribe, there's many ways to stay connected. You can sign up for my newsletter on the website, or you can head over to Facebook and ask to join Live and Love with Joyful Courage. Go into the little search bar at the top of the Facebook page and type in Live and Love with Joyful Courage. The group page will come up and you just ask to join. I will accept you. All right. Love having you here. I love that you're listening. Love the feedback. Thank you so much for doing your part in raising the next generation for a better world. I really appreciate it, as does everybody else in the world and your kids, future partners, future neighbors, future coworkers. Let's keep teaching them skills so that they can show up well as adults. How about that? All right. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, my friends. And until next time. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. 